Welcome to the Sanctuary First Weekly Review, a podcast broadcast every Friday evening live uh, and can be found on Facebook and also on the Sanctuary First website at www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk and also can be found later on at Spotify and also on the iTunes podcast platform. And I'm Albert Bogle here, and I also want to welcome you as usual, our panel, which was, was with us this evening, Miss Laura Dygan. Hello, Albert. Good to have you, Laura. And also James Cathcart. Hi, Albert. Pleasure to be here. Good to have you with us. And tonight we're actually just a threesome, but with our usual colleague at the back uh, checking us and keeping us uh, uh, technically safe and correct. Uh, Raymanger. Hello. There we go. So we're all together tonight, just the three of us. We've not got Ian Jimison, who normally is with us and always has something to say that's relevant from the medical world, but also from the spiritual world, linking science and medicine and, and, and spirituality. But uh, he may join us, who knows, but he's on call tonight. But uh, apart from that, our theme tonight is we're going to be thinking about um, could we be on the verge of a spiritual awakening throughout the world as people come out of lockdown? Could there be something going on around the world that people have been searching for something and discovering maybe God is no longer confined to churches, but God can be encountered on places like the internet? <laughs> so there we go. That's where we're going. Uh, and of course, we're going to be looking at some of the daily prayers and Bible readings that have been going on the Sanctuary First website, which you can see again, or you can check out if you're listening to this podcast. And of course, our theme for this whole month is The Awakening. So what do you think, James? Is it a good title for maybe a, a, a classic, a classic blockbuster film, The Awakening? Coming to a movie theatre near you. The yes. Awakening. The Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's a great um, <clears throat> great title, great theme, a really interesting thing to, to think about because I think we're at an inflection point um, as a society, as a church, maybe even as a human race, you know, I think at the moment, you know, as we come out of lockdown and we um, reevaluate what matters, why we do what we do. Um, and and I think spiritually, there's been a sense of kind of restlessness for perhaps a number of years, um, but maybe a growing excitement more recently and a sense that um, it's kind of hard sometimes to put these things into words, but a bit of a sense that, you know, you get to a certain point and certain things have to happen, certain things need to change. And I think there could be a freeing up. Um, hopefully we pray um, in our in our lives and in our sort of organizations to kind of bring us back to the heart of what really matters. Um, and I think we get these jolts from time to time in history that tell us, okay, come on, get a grip, get back to basics. Let's work mm -hmm. out what we're doing and grow from here. So I think, I think there is some sense that that is where we are um, at the moment. What do you think, Laura? What's your take on all this? I really feel, I really feel strongly. I can, it's, it's like, it's like something I can, I, I can sense within my being, you know, I have for quite a while actually, that, that God is, it, there's a shift, you know, there's a shift happening and there is definitely an awake. I think God wants to meet us in a different way 
and in different places. And for for us to encounter God, not in the way that, that you know, because I think we get into comfortable, cosy places, you know, where, that we do things, you know, oh, this is the way we do it. This is where we do This is how we meet God. This is, you know, where we feel his presence. But I think just now, you know, with this shake up, there's a, a shaking and awakening, and as awakening around the world, as as James said, there's just this awakening uh, that no, no, God wants to challenge us. Because I think when you're in a cozy place, it, you you just kind of get along, don't you? You just coast, it just coast along. But God's challenging us now. He's challenging us to encounter Him in a different way. Um, and I think that there's there's people who are oh so hungry for it. I think people that never ever thought about setting foot in a church before, but there's a spiritual awakening in them that that they're, 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 they're seeing maybe God and feeling God in a different way, just different kind of encounters, and maybe you know just that they've just actually completely out of their comfort zone. But I think within the church. I think there's a wee bit of, there's a wee bit of fear and I think there is a potential for people to really draw back to what they know and I say this because I have heard some people within the church you know thinking about oh that's getting back into church buildings you know they want to get people back into the buildings and you know worshiping together and we can worship together but I think we can do it in different ways, not necessarily in church buildings. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. They say we set a wee bit of theology behind of all this in a kind of a biblical perspective, looking at things. The old covenant, God was encountered in the building, building the temple, mm. right? Uh -huh. But yet, even within the old covenant, the people of Israel, remember when they were taken away into exile? They said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And then they learned to sing the Lord's song in a strange land without a temple. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Now say then, we move into the, the story of Jesus, the historical Jesus, some of the stories of the historical Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm throwing this out, this this term historical Jesus for a reason, right? And the historical Jesus says, you can knock this temple down and in three days, I will build it again. And then something changes as a shift and the historical Jesus becomes the risen Jesus, the risen savior. And he's, he's wearing borrowed clothes, the gardener's borrowed clothes. He doesn't need them and he can go through doors. And, and that, that, that story in the Gospels of what Jesus did, that Jesus is no longer there. It's now the risen Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. and, he, and he says, I've come to dwell with you. I've come to make my home in your body and your, and then Paul comes and he never knew this historical Jesus, did he? I can't ever remember Paul saying, by the way, can I tell you a wee story about how Jesus met the woman at the well? Because he doesn't know that story. Wow, that's right. It. 
But Paul talked about meeting this Jesus who could come and dwell within you, mm -hmm. right? And he lives within you. And therefore Paul talks about we become the sanctuary, mm -mm. right? So could there be an awakening that God is saying, do you get it? I'm with you. I'm you really think, with you. I'm you know, really I'm not. You. This is, did you not get it when I said Emmanuel, God with us? God's walking and yeah. talking through us as his people. And he's saying to us, would you stop talking about going to church? I'm with you all the time. Mm -hmm. Stop calling going to a church building, going to this building church. Church, what is church? There's a question. What is church? What do we mean by church? In the in the Greek, you're this Greek scholars, James and, and Laura, but is that not ecclesia? Gathering together of people? Yes. Uh-huh. It's there's something more. The body of Christ is not is do you hear where I'm going? What do you think? Where's Absolutely. this kind of theology taking us? Yeah, definitely. No, I, I really like that. Um how you how you've mapped out the kind of where the locus is and everything and i remember coming across um at university this idea that you know people's sort of vision of the divine and everything used to be quite like phone signals you know that you'd have a reception area and so gods were in certain areas and if you went too far from your god then you might lose the signal it might drop um and you might want to have to get back to certain places and uh, and so there's this sense that throughout uh, the Bible, um, you get this journey, as you said, to that has been described, but there's maybe a sense now um, of even a deeper way of saying, you know, it's not just Wi-Fi, it's like totally, um, uh, what you call it, unlimited roaming, you know, <laughs> like you can you can wander, you can roam, the, the connection's not going to drop, you're not going to get stung for an extra bill because you did something a bit differently or did it somewhere else or, or what have you, you know, it doesn't matter where we go, um, we are connected and we are the church. Um, and it's how how we realize that. And I don't mean sort of the play on words, not just how we realize it as and how do we understand it, but how do we make that real? How do we actualize that? How do we how do we do church um when our kind of model of doing church is often an hour on a Sunday? You know, so, so how how do we kind of think beyond because I think even when people say like, oh, the church isn't the building and you know, it's not all about Sunday and blah blah blah. But what do they talk about and what do they spend their time doing what do they spend their energy doing you know it's 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 often it's around the building to, to church for a top-up and getting get back, back exactly getting Sunday. your credit up <laughs> and it's as though jesus says what do you mean that what do you mean you got to get back for a top-up i'm here i'm well, here that's it. it's i but if you think about it as well you know it was like people went and they, you know you when Jesus was teaching, you know, he was going into people's homes, you know, he was hanging about on a field, you know, <laughs> it was just, you know, it was really quite random, you know, where like, like where he's stopping and uh, people are like, oh, Jesus is up there, oh, let's go up, let's go and, you know, let's see if we can get in and it, it wasn't like oh yes we need to go to the temple you know it was it was like in rooted in like real life you know for hmm. for Jesus the man you know it was rooted hmm. in real life and like you know all the everything the hustle and bustle 
of of what's going on. It's and actually like just sitting down with people and getting alongside them and but sitting down with them and and eating. You know, so if you think about how much the a teaching that Jesus did just hanging about eating with people we and see, that's what we you know that's you know we don't need to get into church we can like just be having you know a fellowship around a table you know invite your pals around and talk about jesus exactly, because <laughs> christ is in us you know that chorus was saying rejoice rejoice christ is in you the hope of glory in our hearts he lives he lives his breath is in you arise a mighty army we arise we don't realize that we, we don't realize what we've got we keep going back to the old model the yeah. old old testament model i need to go to church to get the top up mm-hmm. but the fellowship, the presence of Christ is in our lives. And and I think this is what people are grasping in lockdown. Something has happened. There's been a mind shift that people are grasping this. Do you know what? Jesus didn't leave me and he wasn't angry with me because I didn't go to church on Sunday. Now, because people have been searching out that fellowship regardless of the building. So I'm not saying we don't need fellowship. We do need fellowship. Yeah. We need the fellowship of God's people. That's that's what 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 in Hebrews it says. Don't neglect the the fellowship, the meeting together of God's people. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't need to be going to sit in a hard pew on a Sunday morning at eleven o'clock. No. This and- is radical stuff, maybe for some people, and it's not knocking the church because we need. We need meeting. We need fellowship. Uh-huh. We we do. That's I think that's key. That's key to us. Is you know I think for for us to to encounter God. You know we can encounter God like whenever we're you know like maybe going for walks and and when we're on our own and all the rest of it we can. But I think to 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 bring our faith to life, we have to be in community. You know with each other and the, the and gifts of the spirit come together, together so yeah. building up the body of Christ. And that's it. And we encourage each other when we come together. And, you know, and it's and it's really beautiful whenever, you know, we have that. And whenever as well, we can see each other's gifts and we can encourage each other to use our gifts for the Lord. It's, um, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's we need it. That's essential. But we don't need to be confined to a Sunday at 11 o'clock in a church building. You know, it can be anywhere, you know, anywhere at all. That could be, and this could be the awakening, you know, the, the awakening to leave some things behind, mm-hmm. you know, that we uh, awakening to, but to know that Christ is with us. Mm-hmm. The Lord is with us. Because mm-hmm. I think as well, that it's like this, that if we're, if we're, if we're everywhere, <laughs> we're everywhere, how inclusive is that? You know, the welcome is for everybody then. You don't have to be able to, you know, make a certain time. You don't have to be able to go up these steps. You know, you don't need to be able to sit for an hour. You know, it's it's open and it's for everybody and it's any time. Because that's one of my things, you know, I feel that this awakening as well, we're awakening to other people's, other people's exclusion 
I think that's something else that we're mm. throughout this time we've been awakening to. Oh, I we've got some. We've, there's groups of us that you know we feel really tight together, and we feel like we're you know we're a great community. But actually, our communities as well can be barriers for for people to be able to come and and encounter God. Mm. Mm. See that... exactly because we can actually make different things. We can actually make the Bible reading an encounter a, a barrier to encounter God because we can read the Bible in one way all the time instead of standing back and letting God speak to us through the Scripture and you know in a different way and doing things can become you're right about this barrier. Uh, like so some people who can't get to church any buildings anymore because mm -hmm. of the uh, illness or because of infirmity or whatever it is but they've been able to they've now been able to have been rejuvenated we know this if and then sanctuary first and it's rejuvenated people we've had, we've like, had christians rejuvenated because they've been part of this family and they've realized this is what it's all about but once you get off the signal once you miss church for two church going on a Sunday morning for two or three Sundays or four Sundays, you can be forgotten about. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. a backslider. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you looked at me there, Albert. <laughs> I know we're on Zoom, but I swear you looked at me when you said backslider. So you see, that you, get, you get, you get a, a guilty conscience. <laughs> clearly. Confess. Clearly. confess. <laughs> but I think that is something, you know, when you look at the the history of the church it's never been the same it's never stayed the same and i think it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking whatever's happened for the past few decades must be the long continuing tradition that, that's always that's always held and i think the core things about the church have remained the same or at least have survived through various kind of twists and turns but how we do it isn't the end goal that's not the point and i think we end up kind of propping up certain institutional ways of doing things certain habits because we sometimes for good reasons you know because we feel that's what's keeping the faith alive but it's maybe just keeping the faith on life support you know it's not maybe keeping it alive you know it's not it's not maybe allowing it to breathe and to be out there and and all the rest of it and so i think I think it's a great point that, you know, um, Albert and Laura, that you've made there about how the community is important and we don't want to say that we're going to write off community and we can all just do our own thing and kind of have a consumer model of church. Like, we've got to be community, but you've got to ask what is community and is community a sort of members club that you go along to and there's the odds kind of fundraiser and we're all very polite and we, we chat for a few minutes over some soggy biscuits at the end and you know it like is that community is it really community is it something that you miss and i think part of the models that have worked in the past for church has been based around this idea that a church building can be the hub and the heart of the community um but the problem is is that the church has kind of lost ground in being meaningful i think a lot of the time in as a public space and it's sort of become more tired and more kind of periphery and so the churches are so often not the heart of their community and not where you'd go to find out what was happening in a way that in previous years when there were these models of church attendance and patterns and ways of doing church the church was the lifeblood of the community but it's the church has lost ground and the church shouldn't moan and sit and go like oh why aren't people coming or you know well they're not coming because 
you aren't at the heart of the community anymore. And, and I think, you know, churches, as in the congregations of churches, really need to reflect and think, what does our community need? And why aren't we meeting those needs? Why don't people notice us? Um, mm. uh, and take a really proactive approach. And that sort of comes back to this idea of awakening. Like, let's wake up. Let's Let's realize that, you know, as an organization, we've got lots to give. Um, we just need to shake ourselves up a bit, I think. Absolutely. Open the doors of praise. I've been thinking of these songs, open the doors of praise, open the doors of praise and let the Lord come in. In the spirit world, there's a battle going on and it rages endlessly. But in the name of the Lord, we can stand on his word. In him, we can have the victory. But it's knowing Christ is in us. And yeah. we, the, 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 the partnership of the fellowship of God's community that, that, that body of Christ, the presence of Christ in our lives um, daily uh, and creating this community because it draws, the presence of Christ draws us into community because his very nature is Father, Son and Holy Spirit is communion and he draws us to that place of community to work with others. So we can't totally. be individualism. It's not talk, We're not talking about an individualistic Christianity or even that God, that all, all the fullness of God dwells in us because it's impossible because the fullness of God dwells in Christ and Jesus, but not in us because we, we are, we're part of his creation. He isn't in the, he isn't, do you know what I mean? He, he, he is the creator. So we're not talking about a kind of, um, uh, idea that God, when we say Christ is God is in us, that we we become gods ourselves. Uh -huh. No, we we are we are in that. the image of God, the image uh, as of in God. we reflect who God is, but we yeah. are not, you know, obviously ourselves divine. Yeah, um, but um, but there's some religions that teach that, and I think that's one of the things that we just when we talk about this about the Spirit of God living within us, it's that we 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 need to make sure that people are aware of that. But that, 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 that is such an important point for us to feel secure in God's presence. Uh, you see, and why I'm saying all this is because I think we're tempted to go back to the old model of revisiting the historical Jesus. And we want to tell all the stories about Jesus and the women at the well and the 10 lepers being cleansed and all that. And that's great stories. But I think Jesus is saying, but I'm the risen Christ now. I want to come and live in you. Yeah. I want your story to be told. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's where groups like the Salvation Army and other groups where people would say, stand up and give your testimony and give your, uh, what, what is God doing in your, what is your experience of Jesus in your life today? You know, I think that's what we need to be talking about as well. Definitely. I think I think we fall into this trap again of uh, referring to Jesus in the past tense. Um, and I was talking to you earlier, Albert, um, and we had a quick chat and, and I said there's that joke, you know, that, where people say, oh, if Jesus was alive, he'd be turning in his grave. Um, and I think that's often the approach that we have that, you know, Jesus is this like great figure of the past um, and not someone who's present and living with us here now and might actually want to have a sit down and a chat with you. You know, I want to be like, okay, let's talk. Let's let's get into this. And actually, while we're on Jesus, I thought if we could look at the daily worship that you wrote today, because Albert um, 
has been writing our daily worship this week um, since Easter. And uh, that insight, which you touched on earlier, just blew me away, this idea of the borrowed clothes. And we talked about that on Sunday in our uh, Sunday live worship service. But this idea that when Jesus came to life, uh, came back, resurrected and he's in the garden and mary sees him she takes him for the gardener and you put together this idea that the bedclothes were the grave clothes were neatly folded um there was a reference to jesus's jammies and mary bringing him up right and everything's all neat and tidy i remember you saying in the service but then so you put two and two together and this idea that well maybe jesus borrowed uh, the gardener's clothes maybe there's a wee gardener's hut or something and that kind of led you to the the conclusion in this prayer where you wrote, you come understated so that we might understand who you really are when you call us by name. And I think there's just something really nice about that idea that Jesus in that moment of encounter and just resurrection and this is it, this is the victory lap. He's 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 home, he's he's back among us, he's conquered death and He's no in the garden. Clothes. No and yeah, clothes. there's no there's no big suit. There's no Elvis Las Vegas special, <laughs> you know, going on or bright lights or dazzling. He's you know maybe He's doing some weeding. The angels, that's <laughs> yeah, it. The angels can do that. <laughs> exactly. He he is one of us, and he is among us. And and I think as well the idea of you know the gardener's clothes, uh, because gardener's clothes are going to be practical and they're going to be a bit scruffy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just thought it was such a lovely idea that you introduced us to this this thought that perhaps Jesus was wearing gardener's clothes. Um, and then we talked a bit in the service after that about the idea of being clothed in Christ. And, and that's obviously a resonant theme in the Bible as well. And this idea that we can borrow clothes um, to borrow Jesus's clothes. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't know, Laura, what your thoughts were, if there was something else that stood out for you, from you from that. But yeah. uh, that really just blew me away. Well, from that prayer, it was the what I really loved was the the way that, that it was set out. You gave the words space to really emphasize, mm. you know. So, you know, we we're uh, so looking to find Mary to tell us we're worth dying for, and that's it, Lord. You come understated so that we might understand who you really are when you call us by name. I just, it's that, the, the whole prayer, you know, even the, like the beginning, job done stone rolled away just this concise space you know to really dwell on that that just under you know to to just sit on it oh that really that was a uh, like that's an awakening <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is lovely and that that art of choosing where to put the line break really matters and i remember hearing the uh, poet Simon Armitage talking about the idea that uh, he was saying that poetry is a concrete art form because you put the words down and they stay there <laughs> whereas prose just flows on and off the page and it goes to here and there uh, whereas and it's just great I think as a kind of um, puncturing of this idea that poetry is all 
pompous and floaty and fluffy and whatever but actually poetry is like hard it's solid it's heavy it has to sit there um and and so i think exactly that because even just now i'm just casting my eye down it and it's all fairly kind of uniform you know the kind of shape there um of the poem uh the prayer and uh, and as you say coming in at just the right point it's a really um yeah it's a skill and i think albert you know with your songwriting and all the different kind of writing you've done um you can just really bring a sensitivity to that knowing when because it gives that reader those pauses you know that laura was giving us it gives us those moments of reflection not to not to rush on well i certainly was when laura read read it out that was the feeling i had when i was trying to put this amazing engagement of what this was all about for me you know you you work through these things don't you and it comes to you you know and you think wow god it you know it comes out of the air it doesn't you know it just comes out doesn't it i know that's it because it is it it really is a god inspired you know, because I know myself, and I'm sure James, you'll feel the same way. You know, you think, "How did I do that?" <laughs> Definitely, and it's funny, isn't it, when you wrote something quite a while ago, and you come back to it and you think, "Hang on, does that say James?" Did I? I don't. I don't own this. I don't know where this came from anymore. Yeah, not that I necessarily disagree with it. I might be. Uh, chuffed with it but um but yeah it is strange when in certain inspirations come to you and you think wow i was just in the right place at the right time for that idea um i didn't you know i don't know how i could bring that out and it, um, yeah that's kind of the great thing i think the awakening for me this easter time and all this time is the awakening is to realize the shift in the risen christ what this story is about. Mm-hmm. You really need to take the resurrection as a starting point for something new that's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to no longer just be challenged to read the stories of Jesus. And you can go to church and you can preach the stories of Jesus for as long as you want. And there'll only be stories about Jesus. But what happens? when you encounter the living, risen Jesus who is here and now with us, mm-hmm. even listening to this podcast, and as part of the dialogue of what's going on here, that becomes the power of this story of resurrection. And the thing is this, that people are encountering this Jesus 2,000 years after the resurrection, still day in and day out and day in and day out, he is still awakening people and calling them by their name. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think we forget that and we keep going back. We all keep on wanting to go back to tell the stories of the Gospels, and that's great. We do need to. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is also saying, but, you know, I've got more stories about what I'm doing now. Yes. I, and, you know, that's, and I think that's why it, it would be, and I think we should be hearing and getting the testimonies. Uh, you know, let's hear, let's hear what Jesus is, 
you know, doing? What is the risen Lord doing in your life right now? Do you know what? I might add this to um I might add this to the morning prayers. <laughs> yes. Oh Laura's getting fired up. Laura's getting fired. I'm really because I feel quite I feel really strongly about this because each day I'm encouraging people to, you know, really let the Lord work through them, you know, in their encounters with everybody. And so it'd be wonderful to hear back and like, well, how how is the risen Jesus, you know, working in your life, you know? And if if you let us know, let us know, people. <laughs> you know, I was what? thinking about Lord, I've been thinking about this a lot of things that we sing. I was thinking about this song, you know. Jesus is living, Jesus is here. Jesus, my Lord, come closer to me. And I hear Jesus saying, I can't get any closer. <laughs> come fill me with living water. I filled you. Would you just take the stopper out and let, and then I can keep on filling up. But if I keep on filling, it'll flow over and you'll not get, I want, don't want to waste it. You know, and it's just that it's as only the, we, we sing as though we've not received, mm-hmm. as though we're waiting. And we really need to be much more aware of the risen Christ in our in our everyday lives. And I sometimes feel you do that, Laura, when you're praying for us and you're praying to Jesus and praying and including him as though he knowing he is there with us at that moment mm-hmm. and and not crying to the heavens to say come down and be with us because again that's almost like it's almost like old old testament come down among us come visit us and jesus says well i don't do any visiting anymore i've actually taken up residence here did you not know that i know yeah. holy spirit i sent him to be resident <laughs> We don't do visitations. We just do. We, but I do awakenings because I'm always here. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, do you know? I love it. You know, actually, that's that scene. Instead of doing a deliverance, it's like we're doing an awakening. <laughs> <laughs> it's awakening. Awakening. He's here. You know. And when are you going to wake up and strengthen things that remain? So the risen Christ says that in Revelation. I think people, I think if people can get their heads around us, I think people can live differently. And I think that's, if people, if people can see that actually Jesus is here with us right now and what we can do, what we can do with Jesus, you know, presence dwelling with us you know be really and be like what we can do you know we were worried about our church dying off you know because it's like no because people will be on fire really on fire and this is what i think this is what has been happening within this time of dismantling you know god surely used this pandemic you know to 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 get people out the buildings, you know, well, it's well, we'll use this to our advantage. Be let people be aware that I'm in your houses, I'm here with you, you know, as you're you're tuning in with your friends, I'm with you. So it's 
and people again they're seeing well <clears throat> be there at 11 o'clock you know on a Sunday but if they now just like awaken to the actual power mm-hmm. and be like well what can we do what can we do do you know it's almost as though I left Jesus in the church on a Sunday morning after 11 o'clock, you know, I said, oh, Jesus, thank you for that the, that top up. It was really good hearing your word. But that's me now off now. And then we go off and we leave Jesus in the, and I need to come back. But don't worry, I'll be back next week. I will back. You know, uh, and it's, I think if we could get that out of our heads. It's like yeah. you wake up, you wake up, and you you step out of bed and you greet Jesus. Absolutely. And Jesus greets you and says, so Laura, how did you sleep? I saw you. You said, Lord, I slept quite well. And Jesus says, I know you did. I know you did. (laughs) What are we going to do today, Lord? What are we going to do today together? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then, and it's like, you know, when when I'm working, uh, doing something, you know, in the garden and I leave something about and Jesus says to me, so you're just going to leave that for Martha to pick up? I don't think so, Albert. No, you're right, Jesus. I'll pick it up. So, <laughs> you know, so, you're like driving the car. So, um, so what you, why did you get annoyed there? Do, do you understand that person maybe going through a hard time? Did you stop it? Oh, sorry, Jesus. Do you know, it's that, isn't it? That's the voice of Christ changing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changing us. And I think God does speak to us in these, and Jesus speak to us, speaks to us in these impulses. And I think sometimes we're kind of vague about how we talk about that, um, and sort of leave people kind of in the, kind of in the lurch in terms of thinking, well, what am I meant to be hearing, or what am I meant to be doing? But you know what what starts to resonate and I think that's what you know comes from this idea of being in community and traveling with one another and realizing as we get steeped in the the faith and the tradition and the and the kind of both the the stories that we've got but the lived experience of other people and we start to think well that does resonate you know and and I've had and we've all had those moments I think where something in you that's beyond kind of any kind of self-interest or whatever makes you go and I should talk to that person or no, I'm going to apologize, <laughs> you know, and, and you just get that moment. And I'm yet gonna, that is Jesus. Like that, that, that I'm is. I'm going to kiss my offering. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I just want to do it. And I don't I want think... anyone to know. And I think, you know, when we just said about no, the creative it? process, you know, this idea of you've written something and you're like, where did that come from? And I think often when it comes to these actions that we take, there can be a sense of, well, why did I do that? You know, I, I didn't. I didn't want to talk to that person. I didn't want to be the bigger person, but you did it. And and I think there's a sort of almost like a kind of iterative process that the more we do these things and the more we're kind of shaped, I think, um, I can't remember which theologian now, but I remember reading this expression about the idea that, you know, we're aiming our hearts towards God and, and with all these kind of practices, you know, that's the kind of process of ethics rather than thinking of ethics as like a really dry thing and a list of instructions you have to follow. It's more like the more good you do, the more that you sort of sort of learn to develop in this way, the more you'll want to and the, and the more you'll spot these things. And I think these patterns are going on all the time because God is present all the time, but God is also moving all the time. You know, it's not a static thing. Uh-huh. And I'm reminded of uh, this phrase from, uh, you know, when we did our first Lent retreat, um, I quoted this thing that uh, Phil Stone had said, who's the director of the Scargill movement. Um, and he said, God is always present, but I'm not. 
sometimes I'm somewhere else. And I think that's the problem is not so much where God is, but where are we? Because with our phones and with our kind of 24-hour, 24-7 news cycle and everything like that, it's so easy to be anywhere but right here, right now. And I think we would probably be more aware of what God was doing sometimes if we were just present ourselves, if we showed up, um, you know, rather than mm-hmm. expecting God to show up because God is here and God is working. <laughs> but are are we yeah. are we turning up to where God is? Yeah. yeah. I know that's it. like see um this, this is like a wee kind of funny aside, right? <laughs> but um I was like walking at the start of the week. I took the dogs for a walk. It was later on in the day and it was it was just me and the dogs walking along the pathway and I had been throwing the ball to them. But then I had uh, I had passed by a bush, right? And it was as if it was like uh, it was as if it was like moving, you know, and it was like I'm like, oh I'm like, oh and the first thing that I think is is like Oh, it's God. <laughs> mm. uh, uh. Oh, you know, oh, it's like, it's like not quite the burning bush, you know. I was going to say Moses Dyke over here. Laura in the moving bush. You know, it's like, well, it's like, and I thought, well, maybe it's a creature or something, but I don't think it was. I really think it was just, I was enjoying the day, and God was just like, I'm enjoying the day as well, you know, Laura. <laughs> yes. But as it's just as it's about being present, you know, um, yeah. just being being present. And the other thing I think as well, see, we we community, it's about surrounding ourselves with people who do who we feel comfortable to yes. share these things with. You know that you know, like like I'm sharing with everybody here this thing that I think I got, you know, shaking the bush mm-hmm. one way, you know, <laughs> but. You know that that's because I well I feel comfortable with friends and I know that you know that you understand, and that's the kind of thing you know. Let's share our encounters with each other and surround yourself with people who who don't laugh at you, don't be like, "Aye, what a load of nonsense," but like, "Oh, right, oh that's really great," or something like that happened to me, or you know that the, the that you can empower each other and raise each other up because that's what community is. You see, <clears throat> I think you're right, Laura. And I think you've stumbled on something. That in conversation with people, you can actually discover that God is at work in, in their life as well. And the presence of God is, is, is drawing alongside them too. And we can... Sometimes when we we share something, it opens the door for someone to begin to come back. Mm-hmm. And you know, in today's world, there's fewer fewer people wanting to just completely a uh, uh, make a fool of someone talking about their faith, even if they don't agree with it. They'll listen. There's something. There's a listening. I think this is what you're talking about, J- James. You're talking about this shift. Yeah, oh, I think so. I think yeah. there is a shift. And that people are willing to say, well, well, I don't understand that, or I don't believe that, but but tell me more. Or yeah. or I, if you want to talk a bit more about that, I, I'll listen. But you've got to watch, you don't overwhelm people and you don't bore people. But I think there is an openness to, because I think there's, there's, there's God's, God's already working in people's lives because we're made in his image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think this idea that we're collectively made in God's image as well. And so we are meant to be a community. And like you say, Albert, you know, the Trinity is a community. And so, you know, if we're out on a limb and feel ourselves out on a limb with something, you know, I think, is God telling me to do this? Am I, is this where I should be going? Or I'm getting a sense of something. Then we can, we can share that with people that we love and trust and who care for us. And we don't have to be lone wolves. You know, we don't have to be left thinking like, I'm pretty sure the bush told me I should move to Edinburgh. (laughs) And then, and then your pal might say, no, the bush did not tell you to move to Edinburgh. I don't think the bush told you to move to Edinburgh. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, silly, but like, there are ways in which we can help one another to kind of think, well, what does ring true? You know, and I think that's one of the things about our kind of, I don't know, our common conversation has got more open, I think, Albert. And, and something I've noticed over, you know, from when I, because when was it? Over. 10 years ago 12 15 years ago you know i started doing theology and kind of studying stuff and everything and even over that time just what i've noticed in terms of what people ask you about and the interest you have and and everything like that and people really are i don't meet a lot of hostility you know and there is hostility out there but people are interested you know like and, and i think you know we're interesting i mean faith is an interesting thing it's an interesting way of looking at the world and i think we should lean into that and be and interesting people, and it's, yeah and i think people are becoming more interested because they can come online and listen to something and it it's the word do you know the word do you know that it's not a biblical thing so the word of god is near you is on your lips it's in your hand isn't is there not a scripture about that that says that Somebody like, you can Google that, but I'm sure they know. <laughs> I might have to, of, but yeah, word, sounds try right. that. Put it in the word of God is near you. The word of God is near you. It's in your in your on your lips. Even in your mouth. Say that. Can you get again? Uh, the word of God is is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. Oh, wait a minute. I but the word is near you, is it? So I Romans 10, 8. It says, um, I, the, um, no, the word is very near you, is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. So, see, and then in Romans 10, 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. So you know something, and it's closer to people than they ever imagine. It's in their pocket now. (laughs) It's in their phone. (laughs) It's on the internet. It's closer to you than you can ever imagine. You know, and someone is maybe looking in here tonight, and, and all of a sudden, gosh, this is God speaking to me. Yes. It is. And all of a sudden people are beginning to realize this is how it works. God's closer to us than we could ever imagine. The risen Christ is is on the internet. Ahead of us. Ahead of us. Way ahead of us. <laughs> Way ahead of us. And yet right next to us at the same right next time. Next to us. Yeah. Just on the miss a click of a mouse away. You know, 
Yeah, because this is one of the things I've, I found very moving, Albert, that you've spoken about, you know, over the years with this vision of Sanctuary First. And I think we've seen it so strikingly through the pandemic, you know, with us joining up through Zoom and everything, is the fact that my house, your house, Laura's house, the houses of the people who are watching us right now or who are listening afterwards are connected have always been connected, but we've not been able to see it. It's not been easy to see it, whereas we've been given a little parable, you know, and that was the the title that you gave the theme we did at the start of Lent, the parable of social distancing, in the sense that actually, like, well, maybe through being distant and being kept apart, we're getting a new insight into how linked we are and how actually closely linked we are. And just because we've set up this call, it doesn't mean, like, when we finish the call that we stop being part of this huge community that's outside of time and space or beyond or through time and space our prepositions can't keep up like what what is it that we're you know we're we're part of a community that goes back way back way way back and goes way way forward um and um yeah so i think i think the internet is really opening up um the way it's kind of enacting the metaphor or the Mm -hmm. the the kind of other layer of reality i mean maybe metaphor is not even the right word um but uh it's exciting. I think it's exciting. It's very I'm excited. Exciting. It's, I'm excited. It just, um, I just think uh, what Laura was saying there about thinking about uh, the people giving their testimony and sharing what God's doing in their lives and their communities and stories of the risen Jesus. You know, people seeing something of, of Christ in us, you know, we, we become the, is it the living epistles seen and read of all people, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, and you know, that happens too. You know, when you go to a funeral and you hear somebody telling the story of somebody's life and you're thinking about people are talking about the, 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 the death of the Duke of Edinburgh and one of the things they're talking about is to his uh, his sincere faith and his interest in in spiritual things. Of course, his his mother was quite an amazing woman, Princess Alice, who who became a mystic. It was almost like a bit of a mystic. Yes. But but um, but you know, there is something as we you hear somebody's life being told story, the story of their life of what they did, what they completed, what. You know, <clears throat> that becomes the epistle of <clears throat> God at work in someone's life. And uh, in a day like this, when pe- everyone's, you know, reflecting on the Duke of Edinburgh, but there'll be other people who have lost loved ones today that are equally as important and precious to them. And they want to tell their story. And some of these th- stories are of how God has been at work in their life and changed other people's lives and their life has made it as counted. Mm-hmm. You know, the living epistles. And that's what, you know, <clears throat> when I was a minister in a parish, people would say to me, you know, hey, will you, will you conduct my funeral, Albert? You know, and I'll say, oh, I don't know. I said, yeah, I think you'll need to buck up your, your ideas a wee bit. Because what would I have to say about you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they say, "Oh, you're an awful man, Albert. You're an awful man." But but <clears throat> there is something about that that you know, we the our lives have got to be the living epistles seen and read of all people. Mm-hmm. And there's that, um, you know, we um, 
I can't remember which psalm it is now, but we were looking at a few weeks ago um, uh, when Jonathan Fleming was doing the prayers about the tear collecting, you know, the idea that our tears have been noted, they've been collected, they've been written down and, and felt by God, you know. And I think all of our lives matter. And that, and that's one of the things about Christianity is that we might have to work at how how we tell the story, how we pull the thread through the kind of chaos and crumble and everything that's happened to us but we matter we're important we were created and we belong to something um and so i think you know christianity gives us an opportunity to discover our worth you know maybe if if we're not sure that we're worth very much um to say that no you are worth a lot and you matter and you have an important aspect of life that was all yours that you lived and and you know i think for when we've lost people we can remember that you know they they mattered and and what they gave and what they contributed um made a difference we all make a difference you know this idea oh can i make a difference you make a difference everything you do makes a difference um and i think it's sometimes this process of being with one another in community and carrying those stories you know and helping to kind of tell the story of who someone was and and who someone is at the moment um and i think faith and church and community you know if it's if it's doing what it's meant to be doing is, is is a library for these epistles you know it's a place where people can come and you know yeah mm-hmm. learn learn more about humanity learning more about what it is to live mm-hmm. and and to hear that voice of of christ saying you know uh, i i live in you and when we pass when you pass through the waters i'll be with you you know, because I did say that I'd be with you to the end of time and into eternity. And so this, no one who has the spirit of God within them ever dies alone. But they die to the old self and are brought into a whole new life. But the presence of God journeys in their life. We just need to practice the presence of Christ. I think that is back to that, you know, brother, brother, brother Lawrence practicing the presence of Christ. Mm. And I think, you know, as we come um, towards the end of an hour, I can't believe yeah. <laughs> how quickly we've gone through tonight. That's been uh, that's been fantastic. But I was thinking maybe if we go back to uh, the prayers that you were writing, Albert, and on, um, I think it was the Monday that the awakening of the end of death, you know, in terms of what you were just saying there. Um, and it's the the prayer that was written in relation to Isaiah 25 and this beautiful poetic vision of the mountain and the feast and coming together and there being no more death and this place beyond it. Um, but you wrote, um, there's the two, two lines next to each other where you say, you see, there is no end, only an awakening. And, and I think that's another thing that's just so powerful about this idea of awakening that, you know, there's not an end. There's an awakening and an awakening keeps happening, you know, through the morning as you, you know, I mean, we all know, like, as you get up and are logging into Laura's prayers and are sitting there with your cup of tea, you know, 7 a.m. or whatever, and you're still waking up. And imagine that, that that's a kind of glimpse, a foretaste of eternity that we're going to keep waking up. You know, maybe now we're not fully awake. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm certainly not fully awake at five to ten tonight, you know, but maybe we're not fully awake right now and there's more awakening. There's more day left. There's always more day left. Um, and that was a beautiful thing that you gave us, Albert. So thank you. Thank you. That's been 
it's always it's always um I think everyone who does these prayers, we all uh, <clears throat> look forward to sitting down and doing them because you 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 benefit so much from writing them ourselves. I think people really people really um got a lot out of the prayers this week, Albert, because I looked at the comments and there was lots of comments this week and I think you've really touched, really touched people this week. And I think that's the idea. I think the idea is, you know, sparking in people as well with the awakening. Um, and so, and I think because it came it is at the beginning, you know, that the beginning of our theme came at Easter, you know, for, for Easter Sunday. <clears throat> um, it's, it's, um, well, God has worked it out perfectly. Hasn't he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it has been it has been an a, an ex, an exceptional week of um, reflections and prayers. Um, yeah, I really liked that one, the awakening of hope as well. That was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and that's it. You know, because it's um. I just I loved the prayer. Um, you know, my heart was breaking, my soul was crushed. I had made too many wrong turns. The darkness was closing in on me. My lies, my cheating, my self-importance had caught up with me. And I think there's plenty of people will have felt that. They were my travelling companions. They offered me no help. They constantly accused me. I was continually fending them off like a swarm of midges. Oh, and you can feel the midges <laughs> stinging me, making rings all around me. They were in my hair, biting me all over, like stones in my shoes, biting at my heels. Each step caused me pain. I was constantly agitated. In my distress, I cried out. I called on the Lord of God to have pity on me, and he heard me, he helped me, he saved me. It was an awakening to a new world, a new life, a new love, a new peace. I'm living to tell others. I'm a walking in the sun, midgy free. This is my story of hope. And I just want to say to people, you know, share your stories of hope with others. You know, these stories of transformation that, that, that the Lord has done in your life. You know, when you've been awoken to a new world, when you're midgy free, you know, this new life, mm -hmm. new hope, new peace, share it because sure. you just yeah. don't know what it's going to mean to somebody else. It's um yes, that one really uh, really got me. It's introducing people to Jesus, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's introducing people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are called to be, the ambassadors. You know, I think that's what Mary was told, Jesus, and now go and uh, you know, be an ambassador. And Paul talks about that. He says, We are now ambassadors wearing his clothes. And and uh, ambassadors, not just 
to talk about Jesus as an example, but to say, no, he is here, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think, you know, someone's listening here tonight and you say, how can I know this Jesus? I think you just need to recognize him and say, Jesus, hello. Mm-hmm. Is that you, Jesus? And you'll say, yes. You know, and, and it's something that's just as simple as that, recognizing. And, and, and then, you know, and allowing him to walk with us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. This is not, this is not pie in the sky stuff. This is not, this is not psychological mumbo jumbo. This is something deep within our hearts that we've been searching for. This is the awakening happening. This is not a dream. We've left the dreams behind. We've been invited to come in to reality. Wow. Amen. Amen. And look, it's nine o'clock. It's one minute past nine. <clears throat> and um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you to Ray for being with us, to uh, to you, James, for your contributions, and to you, Laura, and especially to you for listening in on this podcast tonight, uh, wherever you are. Uh, thank you so much. And we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to get in touch with us. And you can get in touch with us at uh, contact at sanctuaryfirst.org.uk. So until next week, but can I remind you that Sunday Live is on at three o'clock, which is broadcast live on Facebook and also on the Sanctuary First website. And uh, you'll be welcome to come and join us on Sunday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. But, we are talking about, well, our service is all about the awakening of a new community. There we go. So that sounds good. So until next week, and have a good weekend. God bless.